There's no motorsport on TV So you're really down on your luck But Mud and Pete and Mike will talk about what they like And not really give a further thought to what the listeners think Hello and welcome back to the Caution Period podcast. I'm Mike and I'm joined by Pete and Martin. Hello. Hello. And we are, we're actually back now. Had a baby. Uh, we did all three of us consuming. together had a baby. We'd made a little... <laughs> no, just, just, just me. Oh, okay. uh, but that's the reason why we've been away for a little bit. And while I've been away, uh, motorsport's come back. Um, I don't know if you noticed, lads, but there's motorsport happening, which has rendered our theme tune completely obsolete, unfortunately. We're going to have to ask... Alex yeah. to write us a new one. I'll have a word with him, see if he can get on that. Yeah, that'd be good. Um, so yeah, that's what we're going to talk about mainly uh, today, and also a bit about Spa, which is an upcoming race that is um, this weekend, isn't it? And hopefully, I mean, Pete's in charge of editing this one, so um, I don't know, do you reckon you get it turned around before the race? <laughs> yeah, unlike yourself, where you have real responsibilities, I can do whatever I want, whenever I want, so yes. All right, fair enough. That sounds I, although, good. unless I will probably delete the files by accident, and then uh, and then we won't be able to get it out. But I do my <laughs> Just best. Briefly, in a in a like uh, a complete tangent, which is completely useless to anyone listening to this podcast, because it's something I've seen in the back of your room. Are they all motor racing flags supposed to be in, in the background? They're, these are vintage you? motor racing flags. Yeah. What do have you so only just noticed those, Martin? No, because they the, have been there for a while. What I don't understand what they mean. They're not in the blue book. They're What's all the ones black and white? That, that wrote that have been shown to Roman Grosjean, and yet he still doesn't understand any of them <laughs> except the one with the black and white squares on it he doesn't yeah he hasn't seen he's never that seen that yeah Bless right him. okay anyway sorry yeah. about that i so just wondered actually, what the, the white cross means because what's actually mean on track i know what a yellow flag means not a check what i love means. about white, podcasting white is cross... it's such a visual medium <laughs> yeah, the, uh, <laughs> so what we're explaining is, <laughs> so, so the, the black one with the white cross is actually the one that roman grosjean gets shown all the time because it's driving standards but it's not. I thought that was just a black and white uh, with just these, a two these panels. Diagonal line. These are yeah, old diagonal line. ones. Oh, okay. uh, so the, the the original one was was black with a white cross, and then guys, before we before we bore people into turning off the podcast uh, with descriptions of vintage flags, um, <laughs> I was well into How that. about we talk a little bit about our uh, our promotional consideration for this? Yes, we are <laughs> officially <laughs> sponsored. We are officially sponsored. Um, yeah, so Pete, uh, Pete, I, I, who I guess is now our biz dev manager, uh, got in touch with with heel tread socks, um, and it's worth pointing out that I'm actually well, I was already a heel tread customer because I bought Pete a pair of their Keating Motorsport yep. uh, socks for his birthday last year. Was it? No, yeah, I think it, I think it was last year. I can't even remember. Yeah, whenever it, it must have been on post Le Mans though, right? Um, it was maybe a belated birthday present. Anyway, the point is, I'd already bought him some heel tread socks, and we're big fans of what those guys do. Uh, and they said that in exchange for uh, a mention on our podcast, they would send us some socks. And they did, because they're lovely, lovely people. Um, so do you want to talk through which ones you chose? I think they're bloody lovely socks. I got uh, slightly um, lack of imagination, but also they're the best ones. I got the pink pig ones because of, of course. Nice. To go with your t-shirt that Which, is also yeah, a pink pig I'm t-shirt. I'm wearing a pink pig t-shirt right now. Um, and also I went for the classic Team Lotus. I don't know what they called it because it's JPS colours, basically. I think this is supposed to be from 1970. Um, but it's mm. like, it's an official classic Team Lotus endorsed thing as well. It's absolutely beautiful. Nice. Uh, yeah. Um, 
I actually, this is genuine, by the way. It sounds like I'm trying. I, gen- I, gen- I generally love these things as well. I was a massive well, this fan is it. Yeah, like I said, I, I'd already bought some previously, so it feels like uh, it's it's an honest uh, sponsorship deal because we uh, actually no money has exchanged hands. Just socks has it. Has it exchanged hands. Um, <laughs> and actually, socks have gone onto hands too because <laughs> I'd only have two feet, but I've got more than two socks. So yeah. where else do you put them? So I've been using them on my hands pairs. too, and they work really well. Yeah. Yeah. Which ones did you go for, Pete? Which were your I, uh, heel treads of choice? I went as meta as possible and went for the Mazda 787. Oh, because um, they look like socks. Because they look yeah. like socks. And so if I wear them, people in the know would be like, that guy is cool. Um, yeah, and everyone else would just be like, those are really tasteless socks. <laughs> and I'm, I'm being quite optimistic in thinking people would think I'm cool based upon the sock pattern. <laughs> but they are, <laughs> they are awesome socks. And I have to say that there's... They've got so many cool designs on there too that like there's, yeah. and uh, I think it's worth mentioning that. Did you guys check out their other sock brand? They have like curator socks as well. Yeah, the art, the art ones, right? And yeah, they've got, there's a lot of really cool stuff well. on there. So I, I'm just, it's really cool when you come across a brand that's about something that you really like and also sock related because there's no way yeah. that can go wrong. It's like, a and win-win. also during lockdown, I'm spending a lot of time not wearing shoes and just walking around my house, so I get to look down and look at my socks. Um, what I went ones did the, you go for? So I went for the uh, Metro 6R4 ones, which are like blue, white, and yellow. You know, the old like computer vision livery. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I love a Metro 6R4. And I just thought they looked cool colours. And the other ones I went for, for are a bit more subtle, a bit like you, Pete. They're uh, the um, Sonax uh, DTM Mercedes-MT oh, yeah. ones. <laughs> so they're like, stri- they've just got, they're black with like grey stripes and some red stripes. And if you if you didn't know, you wouldn't know. But if you do know... It, it will like immediately um, trigger that memory. So, yeah. So, in, ca- so in, ca- in case you're in a, you're a bar in Germany, you might get hit on by some aging DTM fan. Yeah, with a fabulous moustache. What more could I want? That sounds like an incredible Friday night. I want to get, I want to get hit on by, by uh, some aging sounds DTM like fans. Sounds like something you guys have been through already, to be honest. <laughs> but anyway, if you haven't checked out Heel Tread already, please do. They're, if you're a motorsport fan, they are. Uh, there are some great designs on there. So just Google Heel Tread. I'm sure it's heeltread.com. Yeah. Um, they deliver to the UK, they deliver to the US where Pete is. Um, they're good socks and they're good fun and they're nice to look at. Uh, it's always nice to, when you're having a stand-up wee, to be able to look down and see some <laughs> excellent socks. Uh, they also uh, <laughs> feature prominently on our, um, on our Scuderia Chicken House paint scheme in iRacing <laughs> yeah, well. we, yeah. <laughs> so they made it to the iRacing paint scheme as well you that's shouldn't true. be looking at your socks if you're doing a stand up wee that's how that's how you get the seat or just that's how you get wee on your socks or on your yeah, socks even which you wouldn't want to do well, it depends right. on where Mike's wearing his socks too <laughs> and see, uh, what's on that? my hands okay yeah, of course is. <laughs> yep, there you go <laughs> um, cool well yes thank you to Hilltread for, for uh, keeping our feet warm uh, and yeah let's crack on with the podcast so uh motorsports is back um and uh and has been for a little while now there's been a lot of f1 stuff going on uh we've had the return of one particularly big sort of postponed race which is the indy 500 uh so that was a a race that should have happened earlier in the year and has been moved back um there's a, a whole new f1 calendar which is awesome i don't know about you guys but i'm looking at the next few weeks we're we're recording this just before spa We've got some banging circuits coming up. I yes. actually um, did. I did just want to clarify one thing though. Motorsports did come back until Spain, and it went away again. 
Yeah, just, just for two hours. Away for always, two hours yeah, it always that does. Was, for sure, that, yeah. that was some of the best napping time I've ever had. And that's to remind the, the podcasty listeners here. Like, I'm watching this at like 9 a.m. in the morning. So to nap immediately after getting up is an incredible achievement. <laughs> um, that's true. <laughs> um, yeah, I. Um, yeah, I mean, Spain's always awful, but I think that's what they've. I think they don't want us to get too excited. I think that's what it is. So what they've done is they have like, they have a run of good races, and then they have one like Spain. Yeah. And then we've got another run of good races, and then we've got Sochi. So it's just like it's a palate cleanser. It's to remind you that actually Formula One isn't always this exciting, and that really you should you shouldn't get too excited by it because you might get in a bit of a froth and 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 turn up outside you know a race circuit when there's a race on or something to vary well, turn up really outside a race circuit where there isn't a race going on right martin like stalking brands hatch that's oh, fair yeah. enough i live right by brands hatch it's totally fair enough to go and cycle you do there not live right by brands hatch 25 it's like a, miles that's a no. massive distance on a bike no not really no it's not even that it's 12 no it was 25 miles there and back actually so it's only 12 and a half do miles. they mind people standing by their fences totally naked no one spotted me so it <laughs> <laughs> seems to get away with it that's the only disappointment with this calendar this year is the fact that brands is not on it other than that it's just peak it's just wonderful did, so, you it's see, really gonna be, uh, did you see it's during the indy 500 there was like one guy standing in his in a tree like in the in the backyard of a house that was like on the on one of the corners that backs in up towards the track and he'd like I paid mean, you someone would, wouldn't you? yeah totally. that was kind of like the the US equivalent of Martin, but wearing clothes. It would be like, <laughs> that would be like, they'd pan the camera around, like, you know, I don't know which corner would be most likely to be closest to where Martin could get access to, but they'd show this guy the tree and then zoom out and they'd be like, oh, he's not wearing any clothes, cut the camera. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, uh, the, I don't know if we talked about it on the podcast, but the apartment you can buy at the Charlotte Oval. Uh, looks like the best bit, bit of real estate in ages, to be honest, because they've they've had NASCAR over there. Uh, have they had IndyCar? I don't even know if they've had IndyCar, but they've got IMSA coming to the Roval as well. So like, you can are, um, buy flats. At, they're building those flats in Silverstone as well on the um, yeah, Hanging Strait, yeah. which is just weird. I think you're well, not allowed to stay there for more than like uh, six weekends or something if you own well, one. I do think the best ones are the ones at, at Virginia International Raceway, though. That has it's like, like a villa in the middle of the circuit well yeah you can they they're like airbnbs i guess but they have garages so you can park your car there and they and like your race car yeah, yeah and, and do, then do track, out track day yeah um the there is the uh house on the conrod Strait in bathurst they come up for sale every so often oh really i think that would be a pretty that'd be a pretty awesome property to have see my dream they're would be one of the expensive. um one of the cafes on the Mulsanne. there's a, a one just by the uh, yeah yeah can you imagine that'd i be think incredible. i think le mans is is the one where i would uh, you know if i was buying a well actually the nurburgring would be a really a really good um choice as well because you could go out and do track days all the time i think it's um, definitely haunted though there's no oh, way yeah, that, the that any house around the nurburgring is is going to be yeah, but the most haunted like, place ever and it's just a constant cool sausages yeah that as well but uh, I did find that um, I sent it to you guys on chat earlier in the week. I did find that um, 2.5 million euro chateau or something. Was it even 2.5 million? I think it was less than that actually. Um, maybe 1.5 million euro chateau in near Le Mans. It's like 20, 20 kilometers away. I think if we all club together, that's probably just far away enough. Actually, right. is this right. what be having a kid's like, Mike? You just end up googling random facts and things. Yeah. Well, bear in mind that I am I'm constantly using my foot to bounce a baby bouncer. I'm doing it right now. 
Uh, really? So you, the baby. I mean, the baby is here. If you hear any weird noises, that's the baby. Other than um, normal, when the weird noises, are just, <laughs> just you. Um, yeah, exactly. Um, so so yeah, far to your way for this time podcast and saying it's her fault. That's really yeah. not fair. <laughs> you know, we can see you too. So if it's a vomiting sound, <laughs> we'll know it's you. The most alarming one is when she sucks on her hand really loudly, because you would definitely be suspicious of what was going on then. Anyway, uh, the the <laughs> point I was getting around to. Was that um, she put heel yeah. head socks on her hands? That's not happening. That's true. Yeah, another another use from our fine sponsor. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, motorsport has been great. Um, other than Spain, clarify. Keep, other keep than going. Spain, yep. um, the Austria races were great. Uh, Silverstone races were fun, uh, particularly all the tire explosions and things. That was amazing. Um, like tires need to be. They either need to be so good that you could just lean on them. And with no issues about any sort of degradation, like the stuff yeah. that happens at Le Mans, or make them so they just randomly fall apart. That's well, I, I think what they need to do is like at the, at the start of the five hundred. I forgot who it was. Who's who's, who's uh, brake set? James Davison. Yeah, he did. He did a whole was it lap. James Davison or Will Davison? I can't remember. Was it? I know, but um, Dave but Davison. like the whole thing was just completely light, and he did like a whole lap. It's like the most metal thing I've ever seen. Just I like yeah, blazing incredible. I the wanted... rim was made of magnesium, so it started to burn <laughs> green. It I looked wanted... like a science experiment. It was I, incredible. I really wanted like a, a really overly in-depth technical article about that one, and, the, and the things I haven't found anything about. It See, that's what that's what you want. I just want them to do all four wheels like that, and then just run the race like that, and get some tires that can sustain like get some tires that can sustain that good level of flame for five hundred. I do like miles. the fact that when it failed, like it actually like got so hot that like clearly the the wheel seized on the on the upright and that but it was so hot and like the metal got so like fragile at that point the whole rim started spinning around the wheel so like yeah yeah when it, it, at one point you could see like the what was left of the middle of a wheel just glowing red hot yeah it looked like a like a tron bike rim yeah one like of the light was, cycles from tron yeah you know someone at indycar's like guys this is the future. <laughs> <laughs> well, they were testing that for a while, weren't they? They were testing like having spin, like, not spinners, but like LEDs, like programmable yeah. yes. LEDs oh, yeah. on, the, that, yeah. on the wheels. That as they spun around, they could put messages and stuff on. Was that um, in NASCAR they were doing that? No, I think it was IndyCar they were testing mm. it with. I was going to say, if it was um, NASCAR, they should probably think about just making their cars not tractors. Yeah, I mean that would be a good start. Which they are doing I'm, actually, because the car of of the day after tomorrow. Is, uh, is that what they call the car of Sunday? <laughs> <laughs> the car of next week sometime. But like, <laughs> yeah. as far as I can tell, it looks exactly the same. It's just got um, GT-style wheels on it. And I'm like, well, they're only going to pancakes and walls a few times, but they're like, those steel ones are a little bit cheaper than these. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. Carbon fibre. Um, yeah, I, yeah, NASCAR, I, to be honest, I've not watched much, much NASCAR. I watched the... Because NASCAR was the first motorsport to come back, and I did... I did watch that race. Yeah, it was I, I so tried tedious. Few, yeah, but the, I did um, watch the Daytona Road Course. That was fun. Was and that where they I just all missed that. the first corner? Yeah, it looked like chaos. That was the Xfinity. So that was like the yeah the um, the Saturday race with mm. the division below. But that did have like Earl Bamber and guys like that in it. Yeah, they put a Porsche uh, brake pedal in his NASCAR to make him feel, feel more at home. Which <laughs> was I it was just nice. not connected to it? It was just next door to the regular brake pedal. They just like, yeah. put it down there somewhere to make you feel better. But but there was, I think it was him and um, who's the guy that did he race for the Magnus Racing team in? 
Insa. I honestly uh, don't know. I can't remember either. Magnus Bill Magnuson? Do I don't it, know. Or am I just imagining that? <laughs> you think Jan Magnus Magnuson? Yeah. <laughs> Jan Magnuson. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, the Indy 500 last week was pretty good. I thought that was quite an exciting race. It finished under yellow, which made me a bit sad. Andy Lally. Racing. Sorry. Andy Lally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um, Thanks. <laughs> yeah, no worries. Uh, Alonso didn't do so great, Martin. He was in the race, apparently, but we didn't see much of him. He uh, he was very noble about it afterwards. What did he say? Uh, he said, uh, my clutch failed when we was up to 15th, which was part of the plan, as if he was actually going to storm the lead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like all the other Chevy-powered cars, they were playing yeah. the long game, which is next year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, someone who will want him there next year is Takuma Sato because every time Alonso has entered a has started a, an Indy 500, Takuma Sato has won it. So was Taki- Sato on the phone going, "Can you can you sign up for next year as well, please?" Was he actually about to run out of fuel? Was he would he have made it to the end? I know everyone like I don't know. No one knows really. Um, I think that was one of the things that was suggested by his opponents, but I don't know. They got it right. I mean, I you know when you're fueling up for your last stop at the Indy 500 you've got to assume everyone's going to go a bit wacky towards the final few laps and a caution's pretty not certain but like pretty likely but what a race like what a race it was though it was so good to have it back although I would say in like since we first mentioned it was that was that wheel incident and that was one of many incidents and it was one of the most scary 500s I've seen in terms of the crashes that were happening there. yeah there's some big accidents yeah it was I wonder whether that was just lack of practice time you know they normally let them spend an entire month getting to grips with yeah. the with the idea of travelling through those corners at 200 miles an hour um, well that and the, I don't yeah, sure I don't sure if they knew because aero screen overrunning I know the first race was no, wasn't it but, um, but yeah it's just and also the aero screen just doesn't I'm just not I'm not convinced by it yet having seen yeah, I'm not, stuck I'm in not cars. a fan of how long it takes drivers to extricate well, especially when you connect that big big hose to their helmet which seems to be the main reason why they can't seem to jump out quickly Mm. Yeah, they seem to like it's like another thing holding them in the car. Like if you notice too, I think almost all the accidents resulted in like some type of fire. Yeah, and that it, was. I mean, not, not that's a, a rarity. Fire, it feels like in modern motorsport, but yeah, as it happened, the aero screen Indy Five Hundred. There were a couple of early early accidents that that where the car burst into flames. You know. Yeah. Um, and that's that's scary to watch when the driver can't get out under their own steam within sort of five seconds or so. Yeah. And I know the you know the the fire crews and the response teams are amazing. They they're normally pulling up at the scene of the accident before the car's finished crashing. Yeah, yeah, they're but, incredible um, in IndyCar. But it it it's still not cool that if a driver can't get out under his own steam because of this aero screen that's supposedly a safety measure when the car's on fire. That doesn't seem right to me. But I don't know. So far, I mean, it has been a long, long time since it, you. Know, They've had a fire that's properly like engulfed a car in IndyCar. Normally, mm. it is like a bit of like oil remnants or whatever. But like, it's still as soon as you see that, and then you see a driver that is being told to like stay in the car until the crews get there. You are like, yeah, you, know, you should probably, mm. yeah, you know, get a wriggle on. But it is also like in comparison to like the NASCAR side of things, where those guys do have big fiery accidents quite often. And I think sometimes you, I lump the two lump the two together a little bit, and you'll get used to it's American oval racing fire is going to happen, and you see a guy struggling to get out, and you're like, okay, mm. this is a little bit worrying. But 
But what I don't know is, I mean, and we haven't seen these accidents because, um, you know, Formula One circuits, the barriers are usually moved a lot further back and, the, you know, the, the speeds are often slower at most parts of the circuit. But I can't imagine the halo is that much easier to get out of. I can't imagine a driver escaping from the halo much more easily than they do from an aero screen. Was the aero screen higher? I don't know. You've just got I that leverage, though. You can leverage yourself out much easier. You can just kind of get those access. Yeah, I suppose you can points. grip underneath yeah. it, can't you, and pull yourself up rather than having to put your arm over. And Whereas it just seemed the, the extraction process. Up, and I just assumed with an aero screen, it would just be like a like a, uh, like a cockpit. It would just kind of pop off or something, or it'd have some kind of safety mm. way where it'd just be easily removable. But it just seems it's just like, yeah, I don't know. It just, it seems uh, very... Not in it, like it does. It does seem quite amateurish in the way they kind of put it in there, and it doesn't seem quite right to me. But um, but that's kind of. I think it, car, I, I do think a big big part of it though is that if you saw in practice that when they have that vent on the side and it's ducted to their helmet, you're going yeah. 200 miles now. That's a, a you know, there's a lot of air going through that duct, and mm. um, the hoses are popping off their helmets. And they. I'm not going to so, argue against the air screen. I don't. Know, I just want to make clear that I'm not like. Obviously, I think no, its existence because, is essential. And yeah, I think it should yeah. be there. Obviously, it does a brilliant job doing, um, doing what it's doing. But it's just, uh, just like I just think maybe there could be some adjustments to be made somewhere. Well, so but kind of my point is that like they were doing whatever they could to keep the those those duct hoses attached to their helmets because just the airflow was popping them off. So I think that's. I don't think the drivers were capable. Like when they got in the car, an engineer. Or when the crew guys would attach the the hose, and then you could see them basically putting like they duct tape, tape on. or zip ties and stuff onto it. And there's no way the guy's going to get that off on his own now. Yeah. Um, but it is weird to think that like it looks clumsy and difficult to get out of the cars when you compare it to a closed top prototype, and it seems like they're elegant in comparison, and mm. yet they've got a whole roof over their heads. So you do think maybe there's the next evolution of the aero screen is probably going to nail it. Yeah, um, I hope so. But, but yeah, no, it was it was a good race in total. I, I was a little bit, bit kind of had a bit of a dull middle to it when I thought yeah, it was going to turn like a Dixon some... fuel saving experiment yeah. again. I think if Dixon had won it, I would feel like it was a worse race. If that makes sense, like do you know what I mean? Like yeah. if it had been the foregone conclusion, you'd have been like, well, you know, it was all meaningless. But actually, the fact that he got pipped right at the end was uh was the fact good. that santino ferrucci didn't win it as well when that was good he looked he looked menacing dangerous. yeah like he looked dangerously close to potentially winning that race and i would not have been pleased at all <laughs> he's got hiccups. the baby's got hiccups and has done a <laughs> as well so nice. there you go <laughs> uh, <laughs> this is the new era you guys um such a good time to have a little uh, commercial break in here while Mike deals with the, uh, quite frankly, devastation that's happened. Because um, it's a good job this isn't a video format because otherwise it would have uh, been quite damaging to anyone that was watching. But while he clears that up, it's a good time to just mention, uh, check out our sponsors, Heel Tread, and uh, buy socks. So I think I do think we want to we should really spend some time talking about the the main thing we've learned and now can all agree on and I've been arguing this for oh quite God. some time now. Oh, I know where this is going. Is because we've had a few F one races. Right. Is, is it about Bottas, someone, someone Bottas who might is called, terrible? Yeah, Valerie. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so go on then. Yeah, like Bottas. Um, I I I would race say winner, Bottas this season. I would say though, to be fair, to 
to like Mercedes. Mm. He's the only choice they have based upon the fact that like they just want to keep Hamilton winning. But the result of that, from a fan's point of view, the best chance we're going to have of someone fighting Hamilton is someone that is in his own the same car as him. Yeah. And it's like Bottas is not slow. It's just that like I wish you'd stop moving over for people. But what's weird like, is actually like fighting people. It, they they could have had they could have had Russell right. When when does Russell's contract? End. Yeah, no, that's got. He's got another. He's got another year. He's got another at year at Williams. Williams. Actually, isn't he? Yeah, I think so. I mean, that's yeah. mad. Yeah, it is. Twenty twenty one is going to be there. But that was kind of one of the decision points, right? Was whether or not he was going to stay at Williams or move to Mercedes mm. at the end of the year. And then he got an extension, and then so did Bottas. But like, I mean, like, Bottas does do a perfect job for Mercedes because he just slots it in behind Hamilton and keeps points off of everyone else. I but guess like, the worry with the only thing worry Russell I would have thought must be because if they don't want a Leclerc kind of Vettel situation. Yeah, but here's the thing, right? If you're looking for the future of your team and you're feeling like Hamilton's probably gonna leave within the next couple of years and go and be a music artist or a fashion designer or any number of the things that he's got going on. Um, Sports 2000s. Would, yeah. would you rather like that you have like Fortnite streamer? <laughs> Four guys. I mean that's Lando <laughs> all over. Um, would you rather have like uh, Russell learning from Hamilton, or would you rather have him learning from Bottas? I'd rather uh, have Bottas. The, the like, first one. <laughs> I, I don't know how. I mean, is there really that much learning that goes on between like? like mentor mentee kind of is it i mean there's, side, there's the sides of the is garage that, and they're never going to reveal all their all their um sort of secrets but like just have just being in a driver like debrief and like all that kind of stuff i think with hamilton would be really fascinating i mean he's the he's the best you know and i think george russell's good in a debrief based on drive to survive he seemed like he was telling everyone else what to do in the in the williams he, seemed debrief. Like he was incredibly driven yeah um, incredibly but, uh persuasive he's got to be you know like team you know drivers always talk about being driven and spurred on by their teammates and stuff and i think like better to have russell either learning from or you know pushing himself against the greatest of all time that gives him a, a better chance of being a, a sort of championship contender within that team but i do also think that they i guess the other point i was going to make is that they could go the other way and say okay let's open it up let's put in our best two drivers we could think of doesn't matter what their ages are whatever and have Hamilton go up against Russell, just like Max is going up against Albon, and then have a situation where Hamilton just crushes George Russell Russell's um, potential because he just blows him away, and no one's but expecting him to, Dev- to beat him. That is Devil's, a, that's a Devil's fair point advocate, as well, yeah. like that's what happened with Bottas, right? Like Bottas's stock was reasonably high, and he moved to uh, Williams, got absolutely dominated by Hamilton. And now you think he's garbage. Like if if Russell's not good enough, it's I, I never swim. thought Bottas was good. Well, he was rated though, wasn't he? He was rated in the same way like people rate Hulkenberg. And I still think Bottas is good. <laughs> I'm sorry, Bottas 0.8 B. He comes close enough. He comes more than close enough to uh, one of the greatest drivers of all time, who's absolutely like I, imperious around a single lap a as thing. well. I, I don't he's still think within he's slow. two He's just annoying. Like he's he's as, like, as, as frustrating as Pirelli tires. Are. It's like <laughs> or or the rain that never comes. You know, it's like the potential is always there. He's clearly got. I mean, anyone who can qualify so close to Hamilton is clearly incredibly talented. But it's like whenever you think, okay, we're going to have a battle here because, yeah, you know, let's say Verstappen's on different tires and he's coming up behind him, and oh, Bottas moves over for him. 
It's like it's like he's having to pay for his repair bills or something. <laughs> Maybe he is. Um, he might be. That's probably why he's staying on another year. Do you think it? Know? Do you think it um, reflects? Do you think Bottas's performance reflects well on Nico Rosberg? I mean, Nico Rosberg's a world champion, and I don't. I, you know, I know people say he got a lot of luck that year, and Hamilton had a lot of bad luck. But I don't think you become world champion by luck alone, right? No, a lot of people say that as well, in fact, and, and also like kind of um, extending that a little bit further um, by the same kind of logic. Uh, Michael Schumacher's comeback was not as bad as you might have thought it was. Yeah, it's because everyone, everyone was actually really good. Yeah, everyone underestimated Rosberg, and actually, yeah, being you know that close to Rosberg was was actually a pretty good performance. Nah, Rosberg's rubbish as well, <laughs> um, mainly because. <laughs> Well, I guess I that settles like, it. <laughs> no, but do you remember there was like a spate of like three or four races where as soon as Hamilton came up behind Nick A. Rosberg, he'd lock his brakes up and run away. Yes, and it wouldn't even be an overtake. It was like, but that was like the like, season Come. before he went away and he did what Bottas has tried to do every season that he's been with Hamilton, which is Rosberg went away and spent the off season like fuming and then was like, right, I'm going to do it this year. And he did do it that year. Uh, and he was he, he was thinking with the benefit of a bit of luck. He was but he not was that quite much a bit of luck, luck involved. Like you know, and he's he'd had bad luck in the past, and I just think I I think Rosberg I, was I think good. I'm sorry, Rosberg was there on the one. I'm not taking anything away from him. Like he put in some solid performances, but he he was in that seat when Hamilton happened to have an off year combined with some bad luck. And I think all it takes is to troll that car around and get points. And you're going to get good points in that car. And it's just about that. That, that would have been Bottas that got that championship if it would have coincided with Hamilton having some bad luck. But more, more I mean, he can be off top form. But right? was, he, just... like, was he off, off top form that year? Well, clearly, because Rosberg beat him. And Rosberg's <laughs> not that good. Like, I'm not saying... It only, like, it I, only works but... if, you like, if you accept the, the initial thesis, right? No, but, but all I'm saying is that like, to get into Formula 1, stroll aside... And maybe Latifi. Um, you're a phenomenal race car driver, right? You're really plucking at straws. Like for Hamilton to be the goat, like he's he's only really a little bit better than everyone else, right? In terms of the grand scheme of things, everyone's capable of driving these cars phenomenally quickly and having good racecraft and stuff like that. I do think you could put pretty much anyone in that second car right now, Stroll and Latifi aside, and and they'd put up a pretty good fight. They're probably not gonna. I do think Bottas is phenomenal in qualifying. I think that's his strong point. Being a good driver is not about speed of racecraft. It's being in control of the millions of details that are outside of the car as well. Being a good team leader, like doing, be, being able to be in a good headspace so you can actually do a performance every week. And that's where kind of Vettel struggled because of like Vettel had to basically do a lot of team management because of the team weren't managing themselves for a while. And that's why he kind of went off the ball for a bit. God knows what's happening at the moment, obviously his head's not I would, it, say, yeah. I would say this, just before we move on, like, the uh, Rosberg, I think Rosberg held Hamilton to account better than Bottas has done. That is what I... Psychologically. Yeah. I don't well, think it's, always, I don't think like... it's as, as much a pacing. I think it was the fact that he, like, he managed, like, Hamilton put himself in a headspace. If you remember, like, he was so, he was so, like, weird about, like, you know, sharing information. He got all kind of, like, he was... The, it was portraying the wrong side of him in the media and things like that. And I think Rosberg kind of got the edge on him psychologically. But that's that year. like and so it's... much of racing is psychology. Like 
it, it, yeah, it's almost absolutely. all psychology so like that's part of being the, the full package and the fact of the matter is is that Hamilton's never been scared of Bottas he's never been wo- well yeah because he's the shopkeeper's mannequin on the other side of the garage <laughs> he's just going to sit there taking up the space between the pedals and the steering wheel and he's just going to plod in these results he's not threatening at all he ne- I mean what do you think would happen if like in the next race Hamilton chucks it up the inside of Bottas if Bottas isn't going to close the door with him is he no, I wouldn't. Well, no, but Hamilton wouldn't close the door on uh, Bottas either if it was the other way around. But Rosberg would drive into the side of Hamilton. Good. That's what I want to see. <laughs> That's the difference. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There you go. But no, I think, I mean, I, I'm not taking anything. I do, in jest, say Bottas is terrible. It, he's, he's a great, great driver. I just think that we as fans, and it, he's, more importantly, he's doing what Mercedes need him to do. But as people that want to see someone take the fight to Hamilton we're not getting it because Ferrari have got the you know 1993 Fiat Cinquecento engine in their car <laughs> this year and and so have half the grid and um yeah I mean what we've got Max and Pierre Gasly version 2 I'd um, um I'd have I'd have Russell in there as soon as I could in in at Mercedes I'd be like yeah I think I would as well get him in there have him working with Hamilton, even if he gets tonked by him, Hamilton's going to leave fairly soon, and 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 then, you know, Russell might step up to be a sort of team leader in the same you know, mould that Hamilton. I is. I would agree with you, but I think I would come out to the public and say like in, in a in a better way than Ferrari did with Vettel, and I'd and I'd say that like yeah, we do have a team structure here, like we have a, a number we one, have a tutor two, yeah. and we have a and we have a student, yeah. and the result here is is not to have these two race each other. We have team orders in place. George Russell is going to have his time. But is that better for yeah. fans than having a Bottas or is it worse for fans? I suppose it doesn't make a well, difference. All, really. all I'm saying is that, like, obviously for fans, I'd want them to be driving into each other every Sunday. But that's clearly not what Mercedes are going to do. But to, if I was in Mercedes' situation, I would, I would try to bring up the next generation. But I would want to do so in a way that doesn't cause issues with my, you know, my current lead driver. Hmm. Um, so I think there's, you know, I'm kind of caught between two things. I can understand what Mercedes are doing. And it, it, the one thing that is a bit of a worrisome aspect to this is that why aren't they worried about the next generation of what their drivers are going to be, considering the rumours that yeah. are floating around maybe about they'll, Maybe the they'll quit. Um, I would say, uh, maybe uh, they're just going to leave when Hamilton leaves. Yeah, perhaps. Um Mission accomplished. I, uh, yeah, so, exactly. Like, yeah, I think, you know, they're going to win this the title this year. There's no doubt about it. And then... They'll win it next year. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's a given as well. They're going to yeah. say, they're going to say to George Russell, "Congratulations, you're our lead Mercedes driver <laughs> in the back of a Williams forever." <laughs> Bye. Um, but this is the other thing about the, you know, unsettling their lead driver. Uh, you know, is any is anything really going to touch Hamilton now? I mean, probably not. And equally, even if Hamilton doesn't win the championship, there's no one who's going to win it other than the number two driver, right? Although Verstappen's giving it a good go this year, he's really having a crack. Verstappen's one giving it a good go. He's second in the yeah, championship. He is, he is having a absolutely c- c- on Bottas. Like he, I, st- I still think. You know, what I think Verstappen's like, terrible. <laughs> <laughs> That's a whole other podcast, probably. Um, so uh, obviously, uh, we're kind of later than in the season than it feels like at the moment. Um, it's going to be the season's ending in December, but we're we're nearly in September right now as we record this. And so the silly season, well, so there's been some silly season stuff happened already, but the silly season round two 
is is in full swing. Um, and, and we're going to see some quite interesting sort of driver movements. I think obviously Alonso being back is the is the really big one, right? And he signed a two-year deal, is that right? Well, yeah, yeah. and he signed, yeah, I think his whole plan is to be there for when, everything, when the rules change in 2022. That was... It's why he struggled, by the way, at Indy. I forgot to mention that before, because he was only allowed to go at 120 miles an hour. Because <laughs> Renault wouldn't Renault allow it. Contract, yeah. yeah. They, they wanted him to only go Renault speeds. Right, I see. GP2 engine type stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, GP3 more like... If he'd never yeah. said GP2 engine, he might have been in a Honda for that race. But anyway. Definitely, he's done it. There's a lot of moments like that in Fernando's yeah, career. He's, he's, if he hadn't have done that thing in Hungary when he um, blocked one. Hamilton yeah. in the qualifying, and then if he hadn't have tried to bribe Ron Dennis <laughs> or blackmail Ron Dennis, even then maybe he'd have, yeah. Poor I Nando. still don't understand, Martin. Why aren't you more excited about the fact that Alonso's come back to Formula One? I mean, I know you've you've talked to us about this before, but like, I still don't. I mean, you're going to see him as, every Sunday. He's, he's old as bleep. Like, he's. Um, <laughs> He's like the same age as me, uh, and he's and I I wouldn't should not be driving an F one car. Or I should not be coming back to drive an F one car right now. It's but like, think about uh, it this way, Martin. I'm going to paint you a little word picture here. Just imagine, yeah, right? right? He's just he's just been eliminated from Q three. No, Q one. Bad quality. Bad quality, as right? we like to call it. Bad now. quality. Right? Yeah. yeah. So they should, they should, they've got to change the names. Yeah. Bad quality. Uh, sort of mildly interesting quality because you never know if Vettel's going to get knocked out or not. And then good quality. Yeah. It's just bad quality, quality, and okay, and good quality. Yeah, yeah, but, like, that's the essence. Yeah. So here we here we go. Right, he's 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 done his best. Right. He's he's ran up a pretty good sweat because he's old now, right? And even though he's only been winning the car for ten minutes, he's he's pretty pretty knackered. He's pretty tuckered, mm. and he gets out of the car. <laughs> he's, and he and he's uh, I don't know why I'm imagining it this way, but he's wearing a two piece set of overalls. He's got to pull it out, pull it off over his head. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. And it pulls his undershirt up with it, and you get a bit of a nipple slip. Would that not make that it all could, worth it? Yeah, but I could see that anywhere. I could see that at Le Mans. Or I could see that at Indy. I could see his nipples anywhere. I don't need to <laughs> one. Get an Indy car. Get an Indy car seat. So you actually get to understand the cars a little bit better and actually he, have a proper run at the five hundreds. He doesn't care enough to. Um, he doesn't care enough to do a full Indy car season. That's my take. Well, if he wants to do a triple crown, I think that's the only way to do it. I don't. You can just do. I don't. You can just turn up as a as a guest once a year, and hope to have an understanding of your your crew, your like uh, the, the race and everything. Yeah, I think you've got to, you've got to commit. I don't understand how he got so close though. We, I mean, I guess I do. The Andretti cars are phenomenal, Indy normally. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I think maybe he's like, well, it's only going to happen if he aligns the right car, right? Which is a, yeah. just a weird thing to say when like the cars are all supposed to be the same. The engines have basically been frozen since 1972. But the um, <laughs> that's every like, motorsport is... ever, though, isn't it? So yeah, I, I just don't really understand. Yeah, it, it is one of those things where like they've been racing the same, pretty much the same cars at the same track with the same motors and very similar aero for quite some time. You would have thought even the teams that don't have the depth of knowledge of others would have started to catch up a little bit. It's very strange to have like unless it's you know, every year is different enough that when you have five cars or however many Indica, uh, how much Andretti have, you just have so much depth of data that it's just, you know, I think I said this before, like it's just that weird local knowledge of Indianapolis as well. Like you'll have one engineer who's been going there every year since 1968 and knows if someone farts in the grandstand on turn three, then you better <laughs> run like another clicker wing. And then all of a sudden that's the key to the best lap. Like they just know these weird secrets about the place. 
Yeah. Yeah, there's little bumps and all sorts going on, isn't there? So. But also, I mean, as Sato kind of proved, I mean, you just have to also be at the right place at the right time with a half dodgy strategy that's not really going to work and then get a safety car. Sato's car was fast. Like, it wasn't like he just totally lucked into it. Like, his car was fast all day. Um, but yeah, he was he was in the right place at the right time. And it actually, I mean, it, it, it teaches Dixon a bit of a lesson how, like, his plan of going into every race by being the most boring driver he could possibly be and, sa- and fuel saving <laughs> means that, you know, there is a chance that if you don't put your car in the front of the race when you can, because mm. he was basically sitting behind Sato being like, I want to fuel save because I can. Yep. This guy apparently can't make it to the end. But like you're 10 laps from the end of the Indy 500. Like, nail it. Yeah, just nail yeah, it. Like, be, be in front. Like, don't be like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play it safe just a few more laps. Yeah. It was weird. But it also, it didn't look like he was he had the pace to challenge. They were really banking on Sarte running out, I think. Mm. And also, Sarte is not... he does. I don't think he cares what the rules are about blocking. <laughs> I, 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 thought, I, that, block, I thought that move like, was legit. He, he, moved, thought... he moved before Dixon moved. Like, it was a ty- It was a, a rhythm thing rather than a, a, a block, I think. Based, I, I, don't, I rewatched it, and I, that's what I thought. I don't think it matters. Ten laps from the end of the Indy 500... They're not going to black flag someone for blocking and and take the race win away from them from the race win. It, <laughs> it, it it's just like, I mean, if it's anybody, if you put Ferrucci out front and he's blocking like seven ways to Sunday, like well, Ferrucci would have just crashed, and, wouldn't he? Well, yeah, he would have just sent it into the barriers on his own. But but all I'm saying is that like they want the person that crosses the line first to get the trophy. They don't want to take it away from them, and I think. Even if Sato's move was kind of like a little bit iffy, mm. you'd be like, that's when you're going to make an iffy move, isn't it? Oh, Last absolutely. Yeah. When it matters. I mean, you just think of the money, right? Think of the there amount of money. Non-iffy... <laughs> yeah. There was a, what, that one amazing non-iffy move that, um, where that moment I like briefly forgot that Alexander Rossi is a bit of a dick uh, when he like pulled oh, that, that amazing a... move on the back that straight. That was incredible though, wasn't it? Yeah. So like Rossi, we were expecting another charge back to the front after he got his peno. And to be fair, that those passes were astonishing. They're incredible, absolutely, um, absolutely. Beautiful. But then he I, binned I, it straight away afterwards. I, do, I just want to say something. Alexander Ross is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> he's like supposed but to be. No. He's supposed to be there, like the closest thing IndyCar has to like an F1 prospect. But I do think. I mean, he's. I. I, I have the same issue about Rossi as do like Verstappen, like great drive and everything, but I. I personally, all the way through watching motorsport, I have to find the people that I don't like so that yeah. I can have people that, that this is like, this is what I do. Like Senna, Schumacher, Vettel, Verstappen. Like they're so all my people first, that like. My first hatred was Mansell. That was, that was my, my first hate. Really? Yeah. Well, you were a hipster. British, you were just like, everyone likes Mansell. So yeah, um, I'm going to like I was Nelson a P- I was a, I was a, No, I was a PK <laughs> super fan. Yeah, I love PK. Just because, of, yeah, because it used to I never, I never up. got on with... Um, I never got on with Schumacher because I didn't I didn't like when he he pushed things too far, you know, like I think I you know, a lot of people are like, Oh well, you know, he's he he was just prepared to do more than anyone else to win. And I'm like, I don't I just don't like that. I, I I like kind of honorable drivers and drivers that are sort of you know, fair. And I think that's one of the reasons I really like Hamilton is I don't think he's got that sort of um dishonorable streak that, that Schumacher I mean obviously Schumacher's a brilliant driver and a lot of people you know, still considered the best um, of all time, but he was just not for me, basically. And I, I'm not had, a fan Senna of had that same streak as well. Yeah, I'm not a fan but of. But this Verstappen. is my point. 
at all. But th- this is one of the things where like I, I enjoy Formula One or any motorsports better if I create these... I look for the people I don't want to like so that I, I have a narrative that makes the races more exciting. Yeah. It sounds really it's weird, cool. but like... No, no, no we, everyone does that. That's a natural soap opera, thing isn't it? humans yeah. do. You invent a soap yeah, opera around it. Like, and if it's like, if my... Yeah, it's... I, Rossi's done enough in my book for me to feel like I, I want to see him salty. It's brilliant. <laughs> like, I just, I love it. Oh, I felt the same and, way and about, about and, and this guy was in the race and you didn't hear a single thing about him, but um, Will Power. Like, I'm sure Will Power's a great guy. I'm sure he's a really sound bloke, but he's so entertaining when he's angry that yeah, I just want to see I him angry it. the whole time. <laughs> like, sorry, Will. He, he's, a, he's a good, he's such a great character that's having the yeah. sport because, like, do you remember the bit when, like, they he was retired from a race because of like there was a i think he started to re- try to restart a race in new hampshire or something yeah. and it was, it was wet yeah and a hard field crashed and he knew he was on camera and he was like he just he gave just, the two fingers like, yeah i love that <laughs> shot so much but he, he didn't the the one, he didn't just give the two fingers he gave the two fingers like a really petulant eight <laughs> yeah, yeah, so and that I, that I think that's the moment from that then on i was just like i just want to see will power suffer because he's so yeah. amusing when he's angry he just looks so angry. He's got such a perfect face for looking pissed off. It's brilliant. You know, his brother's like a comedian. Really? And and apparently, I I, I need to look him up some more, but apparently he's done some... Um, like he's, Is he called he's Max very... Power? Did they stick with the theme? <laughs> <Should be. laughs> but they um, he's done some stuff where he's like... He, he basically is like the, the parody of his brother at this point. Right. Damien Power is his name. I had yeah. to, what, to type my mechanical sorry? keyboard very quietly. Damien, Damien Power. He's worth looking up because he's done some pretty funny stuff as far as I They're Australian, right? So it's, it'll be Damo, won't he? It'll be Damo Power. But he's had, he's, I think he's done things for like he's interviewed his brother, but he's done it from the point of view of like, what do you do again? You drive cars? That seems really stupid. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> yeah. Um, I do like a bit of IndyCar. Um, I love it. I absolutely. I love think it. we do need to talk about um, the best motorsport that's come back. Oh yeah, uh, since touring COVID. cars, Super GT. I've not watched I any Super watched, GT I since it came I, back. Even despite there's a new race after this this past weekend. Yeah, wasn't there? That it's yeah. Uh, yeah it's I think I I love yeah. Super GT for the main reason of Sam Collins. Sam Collins and, is an absolute dream bike, and obviously. Bar. Yeah. Um, I think they should commentate everything. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, he's Sam Collins has started doing the F one uh, F one tech stuff. Yeah, yeah, he said, has, yeah, yeah that was good. I've caught some of those things, yeah. But he's he's brilliant because he's just... It's like you're sitting in the pub with a with a mate yeah. talking about it. I tell you, uh, he's a bit of a shout-out to another um, commentator who I really enjoy listening to. He's a guy called Joe Osborne on the British GT commentary. He doesn't always do it because occasionally he gets a drive. But he is... He's really sarcastic and really entertaining, but obviously has, like, very, very current, like, GT racing knowledge. And so he's super insightful, but also like a really sarky git as well. Um, nice. And there's a brilliant video that I, I retweeted a while ago. Um, and it's of him like in a in a McLaren 570S GT4 at Snetterton, starting the race from pole um, and, and just sort of commentating in the car at the same time. And it's astonishing because he's driving at like class leading pace. And he's also like, because he's a McLaren employee, he's also like basically approaching the biggest braking spot on the circuit and also trying to sell you a, a 570S GT4 at the same time and talking about what a great <laughs> GT4 car is. It's absolutely brilliant. It's such a good clip. I think 
if you find Joe Osborne on Twitter, I think it's his pinned tweet. Um, but it's such a good video clip. It just cracks me up. And he's a really good commentator as well. Really entertaining I to think listen to. Alex Brundle was good too. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Alex Brundle is good, yeah. I do think he scripts his little lines. Like, oh before, my God, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> like, there was the one that I was in stitches when the Silverstone, when one of the guys got absolutely drilled in the side of his car and his car broke in half. Yeah. He's like, I haven't seen a car get collected that hard since Pokemon in the 90s. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was like, that's incredible. I liked the one where he was like, he's phoned the lobby and checked out. Like, that was quite good. <laughs> like, he's I, he definitely writes them down. But like, fair I think he's him. tapped into the fact that there's been like F1 bingo going on. Mm. And oh, that's been with beautiful. Yeah, because it, it seems like they're there was was that a Silverstone where it seemed like the entire commentary team were just drunk for the entire weekend? It was <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it was a bit sort of like home Grand Prix, no one to no one to tell them what to do. Um, yeah, I think it was that that sort of sense that it was a different kind of occasion, a bit more, I guess, a bit more intimate. And there's no fans there; it doesn't feel like as big an event. It just feels like a club race, basically, probably. But it's one. It's like I I absolutely love the Sky F1 team. I think they got such a brilliant rapport together, and they did. They have some. Oh yeah. They were figure out what happened to Ted Kravitz a couple of years ago, and they weren't going to bring. Yeah, him back. Yeah, they no. weren't going to bring him back, and then there was a fan outcry, and then they quietly hired him. That's exactly what happened. That is the the whole. Story. Like what was that? I mean, it wasn't even a couple of years ago. It was like wasn't it last year? Or yeah, it, was, it wasn't even that long ago. Yeah, well, I think they were beginning been last, last year. year. Yeah. yeah. Um. So they they did the advert, and they had Jensen, and they had like various other people, and everyone was like, "Where's Ted?" And uh, he was out of a job at the time, and um, and then the fan outcry caused them to rehire him. Well, I think their plan was to have Jensen, wasn't it? I, I, Jensen Button was a wonderful F1 driver. Um, I think underrated in a lot of ways as well. Uh, but fucking hell, he's boring. Officially better than Hamilton. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. Across that season, as a pundit, he's just yeah. as a pundit, he's just not. Yeah, it's not quite doing it for me. Fair enough. So I did Karun's want to say, amazing. Karun Chandhok. Yeah, can Karun's we, can incredible. We, uh, just actually, he he's um. The, I used to listen to the Autosport podcast quite a bit, yeah. which I don't think it's on anymore, right? Because he moved over to the race now or something. Yeah, um, Autosport still exists, same but guys. it might be motor- Yeah, a lot of those guys probably moved to the race to become journalists there. I know the guy that that used to run those podcasts is now working for the Ed race. Straw. But, yeah, that was that's it, Ed Straw. Yeah, but um, they occasionally they'd have Karen Chandok on and sometimes they'd do it in person and I guess Karen Chandok would do things like he'd have them over to his house to record yeah and he'd always bake them a cake nice <laughs> sweet <laughs> he's uh, he used to we our, our friend uh, Andy Gray who works for motorsport games now he used to say uh, when they went to meet with Karun they'd he'd take them to like his local curry house and um, yeah it sounded uh, incredible it brilliant. sounded brilliant it was really good yeah. he sounds like and a really he, sound um, bloke but but the, he also seems like he, he's you know a good laugh too. They they at one point I guess it must have been like in the you know winter months or something, and, and they had like a fire going on. He'd like started a fire for them, <laughs> nice, and it started going out. And like Ed Straw, one of the other guys, was like, "Karen, that fire's kind of going out a little bit, kind of like your career did in Formula One." <laughs> you know, Karun did <laughs> um, just did rolling around laughing uh, for a couple of seasons after F one. Did you know that? I didn't know. I, just, I, I thought he just kind of went into um, no, P two LMP two cars. No, know he um, he did a bit of Blanc well, you know in his... an SLS, I think Merck SLS. He's probably got probably one of the greatest driving digs ever these days. I don't know if he's still doing it, but I think for long time he's Heritage. a Williams Heritage yeah. driver. Yeah, just drive a load of. I mean, he's Williams probably thinking, cars. I don't want, I don't want to be racing. I'm driving these fantastic old well, cars. To, all I mean, time. the thing about Karun is like, I think he's a fan. I he's think a... he'd come on this podcast if we tweet. Probably would, yeah. 
I, I've been on a plane <laughs> with him when we were. I think we was flying to Austria, and he, Karim was in, on the same plane as me. Um, but the uh, he's a fan first and foremost. I think that's the thing. Is like he was reading yeah. Autosport as a kid in India. You know, he's not he's not just a fan. He's a super. Yeah, he's fan. like a he super can recount. Fan. Yeah, so, like, like top six think, every race ever last in the last seventy I, years. I think with F one, he probably treats it the same way I treat my racing, which is like just being able to say that he was an F one driver, and and having done it. Like it's probably enough for him, and it probably doesn't matter that you know he was never world champion or ever so, in contention. He, he he was a Formula One driver. He will always have been a Formula One driver. You can't take it away from him. And so he's so we should make it our mission to get him to come onto our podcast infrequently. Yeah, just to correct us on all the things we're wrong about. Oh, absolutely. I know how to get. I know how to get him on here. We entice him with socks. Yeah, well, we can get yeah, we can get some free socks. I bet you he'll tread on on the Autosport podcast. Maybe they'll maybe they'll see if they could get him a livery that matches his his F one. There'd be a Heritage car. Williams one uh, by by Hill Tread. Who, oh, they should do an HRT fourteen B. It says Karoon on the side, like the old HRT. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I reckon we could talk to. Oh, would would you want to wear socks with HRT written? <laughs> 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 Everyone would be like, "Hey, you have a replacement." But anyway, look, I would I want to bring up real quick because I know we're going, you know, we're going long again. Yeah. But so, and I realise I've got to edit this. Yep. So <laughs> now you know my pain. So yeah, so basically, I brought up Super GT for a reason because yes. they have an incredible way to figure out balance of performance. Not only do they have cartoony graphics to figure out like who's got, they even have like the cartoon looking weight with a number in it. <laughs> weighty. So it looks like the sort of thing you drop on something. Yeah. And aligned with each of the cars, but they seem like they do it like very, very aggressive. It's like a hundred kilos or something for winning a race. Yeah, okay. Like it's a lot, um, and it does like just for the first Fuji race to the second, it changed the whole. I mean, I, I don't think you guys watched the second race yet. And I don't want to give him any spoilers because Martin might actually. You should not wear any anything below the waist. Martin, <laughs> you're Are you, who, what's this, who says I'm not wearing anything below the waist right now? You know, you can't it's see. The problem is you just saying that means I kind of already know what the result must be. <laughs> but, okay. Yeah, that gives it away a little bit. And I know what the result is anyway. I'm not talking um, about the, the GT500 race. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. I'm talking uh, the, uh, the the other one. That's neither. Because if obviously... Yeah, there was two races, two good results for me, either end of, mm. the, um, of the field. But I was thinking that how could we take balance of performance and make it a bit more obvious? Because, and this is again across all kinds of motorsports. Strap elephants um, to the back of the car. Well, because like, it's invisible. not that obvious. It's not that obvious what car's got what penal- weight penalty. Yeah. But then I was thinking they should just take the weight and put it in a trailer and have it behind the car. Yeah. And, and then you could can see elephant. really obviously... Well, it could be you know, it could be whatever shape. It could be like a monopoly pieces kind of thing. But like, how cool would that be? Like, you'd be able to see like, okay, well they're going to be dominating because they haven't got a trailer hooked to the back of their car. And then you have like the like Hamilton trolling around with what seems like a road train. <laughs> yeah, they just, so you, they add a trailer each time. Yeah, they just hook up a weight sled to the back of your right, car. Okay, yeah, I like it. I like it. Um, it's better than the British touring car uh, system where. The guy won the race and then was excluded for ride height, but still had to take his weight penalty. Oof, that's hard. Absolutely. It's like a double Ouch. penalty. Yeah, it's awful. <laughs> um, so, yeah. The other one I was thinking about that um, I think it was probably a better idea, probably specifically Formula One. You know, Lando Norris with his amazing helmet designed by that kid? Yeah. yeah. So, what if 
you had like you got like your ten teams, right? And every time you win a race, or whatever your finishing position is in the championship, you've got to have a certain amount of five year olds on your team, and they've got to have like decision making capability. Not even on the team, just on the pit crew. Well, no, that's that's the thing. Like, basically, you, you when you isn't that basically isn't that isn't Ferrari's entire staff just basically for people with like five year olds with like the emotional maturity? <laughs> I mean, emotionally, yes, yes, this is true. Yeah. They'd have we'd have to tell Ferrari firstly not to just hire five year olds for everything they do anyway. Um, but I do think it'd be brilliant to have like so like Haas right now yes. doing terribly. Um, but at least they'd have a full complement of adults on their pit crew and the race engineers and stuff like that. <laughs> But like, would you, uh, Mercedes on the other hand, let's say they've got tire issues and like they did with Silverstone, and they'd have to try and persuade a five-year-old to allow them to come in and get tires and figure out tire pressures. Especially if your race engineer is more interested in what they're going to get for Christmas <laughs> than helping you out. I mean, yeah, I can relate. But also at the same time, it's it's actually generating the next generation of Formula One talent, isn't it? That's true. That's true. Okay, thank you so much for listening to uh, the Caution Period podcast. We are back, sort of. Uh, we're hoping to do this more regularly again now that everyone's um, back together and uh, the baby is out and things and that's sorted. Um, Your baby's out? Yeah. Like, you're actually, that's why you've got more time because yeah, she's I've, actually uh, just I've burning sent, money yeah, now? Yeah. I've sent her up the chimneys. That's what you do, right? That's what Northern family. It's phenomenal, Mike. That. I don't know how you managed to arrange that. You know COVID's still <laughs> going on? Yes. And you're... But motorsport is going on again as well. We've got some good stuff coming up. We've got Spa, F1. We've got Le Mans coming up, which is going to be incredible. Uh, we have been toying with the idea of uh, like live comment- doing a live commentary podcast on a race that is available on YouTube. So we'll go and make some decisions about that. And, and hopefully you'll join us for that as well. Uh, but thank you so much for listening. Uh, thank you to our sponsor, Heel Tread. Go and check them out. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Hill Treads. Uh, uh, sending us those socks. That was very much appreciated. Um, Pete's going to edit this one. I'm looking forward to that because uh, it means it might actually come out I'm sometime actually this century. I'm going to put more swear words in it. Okay, you're going to add swear words I'm not gonna... bleep them. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, yeah. Thank you for uh, thank you for listening. Do let us know if you have been listening. Uh, we're on Twitter at Caution Period. Uh, we love to hear from you. It's really nice. Uh, we do check it. Um, so, yeah. Get in contact. Let us know uh, what you think. And we will see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. God, turnips as well. <laughs> Jesus. He said don't. Jorts is him. one thing, but yeah. Yeah, no, you have to though. I wouldn't have no- under normal circumstances I wouldn't have judged, but when you've got turnips on your on those shorts. <laughs> I can't I'm looking forward to him coming back and to edit this bit when he realises he's got yeah, oh yeah, he to hear us going. Jorts. Jorts, Good. jorts, jorts. He, he needs to, he needs to be told those jorts are not on. Hey Pete. Hello. Welcome back. Definitely, Hi, definitely how's didn't going? Ju- judge your jorts. They're incredible, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to say That is anything. a word. I mean, incredible in the I biblical might, I might have already said too much.